You are listening to Recovery Matters. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Pedro, and I am in recovery. For the sake of anonymity and keeping our respective traditions, we are not going to discuss affiliation with 12-step programs by name or offer our full names at all during this broadcast. What we will do is offer you insight into the practical application of principles that helped us to arrive at the realization that the spiritual life was the key to the freedom from the bondage of self. We may often quote literature that is connected to recovery programs of which we make no claims of membership or affiliation in any way. This group's primary purpose is to carry the message to anybody that still suffers. There is an easier, softer way, and it begins here, today. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Amen. Um, I am Don, and I am very happy to be here um, tonight, and I'm going to be bringing a topic tonight, uh, and I thought I would talk about faith. Um, Not only uh, what we believe in, but the process we went through to to have a faith um i I remember when i came in here um the first time around i was just i'd been given the the gift of despair i was hopeless um the only thing i had any faith in was uh a miserable lonely death um you know and uh people were telling me all right you know just stay clean and sober and your life will get better and i really had no faith whatsoever in that it you know i had no reason to um but what I did, that gift of despair gave me a somewhat of an open mind. Um, basically, what the hell did I have to lose? So as I started um, on the process, I started to, to do the things they told me to do. And I started to grow in a faith in this program, in the process, um, to the point where today, um, through a lot of different um, setbacks and failures, successes, all different things. Um, I've got some stuff going on in my life today and there's a deep-seated feeling that I am just going to be okay. Um, It's not a feeling that life is going to turn out the way that I want it to. Um, It very well could or it may very well not. But deep inside me there's a faith that I will just simply be okay if I continue to grow along spiritual lines um so it's you know it's not so much you know exactly what we believe in but how did we get there and i think i've been in contact with a lot of newcomers lately um and it's just trying to to pass that along that it is a process um and it takes time um and as you go the faith will build um so that's what i thought i'd start off with tonight um and we can go uh anywhere we want with that Excellent. Hi, my name's Kevin. I'm an alcoholic. And um, for me, there was a lot of, you know, I didn't actually believe that any of this was going to work at all. You know, I I had actually thought that I was probably going to drink myself to death and that was going to be the end of that. You know, and I didn't really have any faith that any of this would work. And as I started um, actually, you know, started practicing all this type of stuff, that's when I started to understand that every time I practiced the steps on something, 
it got better. And that's that's what it actually, you know, is almost like a, a faith by by seeing the same same formula work over and over and over again, almost like a mathematical formula. Every time I apply the steps to my life, the problem gets better, it goes away or whatever, you know, and that's something that it's almost through the experience that I started believing that this is going to work, this process is going to work in anything that I apply it to. So that's that's where the faith actually started to, to build up for me, you know, because like I didn't even think God knew my name. And if he did, I didn't really want him to know my name because he'd know all the stuff I did too, you know. So that's uh, <laughs> that was part of my understanding of a God, you know. Uh, and so the rest kind of just kind of one thing led to another after that and that's how I got to, to be in a place where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm going to be okay no matter what happens and I've had whatever what happens thrown at me in, a, in every possible way that it possibly can be and I'm still okay and so I know that 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 uh, these principles that we put forth and these steps that we're doing I know that they work and that's beyond just a you know, a faith that it's going to work. I know it's going to work. It's a God of my understanding that I know it's going to work. I'm, I'm Doug and I'm a, uh, I'm an alcoholic and a spiritual redneck. And, and I see the commonality of what both you guys said, um, as being this idea that uh, and, and I can relate to it as well as it's it's like a trial by fire and and I've been I did not I did not believe in the beginning that I would even stay um, I knew that I, I was in enough pain to where I needed to do something and I was willing to try something different um, because I couldn't imagine living my life without drugs or alcohol it just did not even seem it, it never occurred to me that, that that would be possible i never knew any people that were living sober and um it certainly wasn't anything that was appealing to me but i i did i did want to try it and, and i really didn't believe that it was gonna be anything long term but little by little as i saw things changing and i saw you know the the principles of the program working when they were applied correctly they they made the smallest things more manageable and, and more tolerable and I think it was it was the faith that you know like was like you guys both just said that if I continued to do this that it would get better and it was pretty shaky for a while because I, I didn't have faith in it but as little problems were solved by applying the steps and applying the principles of the program and gradually I saw it working on on bigger issues and and bigger of, of my own you know fears insecurities um, you know applying the faith to that and seeing it not knowing it would work but then seeing that it did um, it was it was relatively easy to to understand that this worked and then and then 
as the longer I stuck around and being able to see how well it worked with others too. Not everybody, but the people that were, that were truly, you know, walking in the program that were, that were doing things that were in the steps that were, that were living their lives the way it's designed to be done. I mean, there was very few of them that I saw that, that were stumbling on that path. And, and there was plenty of others that, that maybe didn't, that, you know, that were, that were evidence. And it, it was easy after that to, to have a degree of faith in, in what the possibilities were. So I, I can definitely relate to what you guys said. So I'm uh, Pedro, and I'm an alcoholic and an addict. I guess I would just jump right into this. So faith, right? Like it talks about in the Bible, it says all that's required is the faith of a mustard seed. And um, I don't think much faith is required. Only the tiniest bit of faith is required, and the rest can be confirmed by direct experience. Kind of like what Kevin was talking about. I think it was easier for me to seek out a state of quiet contemplation. The Hindus call that samadhi, right? And in that, in that quiet contemplation, you certainly get a sense of something undeniable, a connection and a, and a real visceral experience that is completely undeniable that I choose to call that a connection with a higher power or a conscious contact with something, right? Um, that is fulfilling, that does change the direction of my life, that does make prayer effective, you know? Rather than argue over whether a God exists, that experience to me is my experience of God. If someone says, you know, well, there's no old man in the clouds or whatever, I wouldn't argue it with them. I'm not sure that there is or isn't or whatever. <laughs> He has a beard, too. And I would say this. This is the Carl Jung bit, right? He said that if there was no God, all these people's belief in God has created one. And I can really dig that experience because it's like all you guys were talking about. Like, I did this stuff and my life got better. So even if there was no God, that's insignificant. This, this stuff was working and why question that and it says well I gotta give my life over to a higher power and I gotta have this belief and I gotta pray and if, if doing those things makes my life better who cares if there's a God or not yeah yeah and then we have we have faith a lot more than we think about it you know it's like like when I get in my car and I drive down the street and I get on the throughway or whatever I have faith that that other guy is going to stay in the lane that he's supposed to be staying in, you know, and I do that on a daily basis. I have faith in all kinds of things. And, you know, I, I have faith that, you know, my key is going to work when I put it in the lock. I have faith that, you know, all kinds of things that I have faith in. And to just for some reason, when I put it towards something bigger like that my life is going to be all right and as long as i quit drinking everything's going to work itself out all the problems i i hesitate against that you know even though i'm used to you know the faith that that uh we have in every little thing in our life we have tons of faith you know it's just where where do we direct that faith you know that's that's something that's very important too 
Well, it reminds me of what it talks about in the big book in um, uh, the chapter to the agnostics, you know, where it talks about the electron, you know, and, and having the uh, having the faith that when we walk over to the light switch and turn it on, that the lights are going to come on and we can't see any of that. We can't see any of it physically, but we know that it works. So you, you, you know, have faith that you go over there and you hit that switch and that all this unseen action has taken place to, to make the desired result. And, and that's, that's where I can agree with, with what Pedro was saying is it really doesn't require only enough faith to prime the pump, so to speak. And then it's all, it's all basically evidence-based because it, it, you know, for my own life, I mean, I saw where this stuff worked and once I saw that it worked, it was just a matter of investing a little bit more at a time into the process and then getting bigger results based on the investment that I put into it. And, and it's still going on to this day. Yeah. And I like that too. And it, it, it is about, you know, our experiences and, you know, I don't have a faith because you told me you had one. Um, and I don't have a faith because you told me I had to have one. Um, eventually I started looking at it because like I said, I didn't have anywhere else to go. And then I started to experience it. Um, and that's how it grew. And, and, and when I started to experience more, I started to put more work into it. But the funny thing about the electricity and the light switches, you know what, if you don't pay your electric bill, you can flick that switch all you want. It isn't going to work. Um, and I know that from experience. Um, you know, so if, if you're not doing the work and if I'm not, um, and the work may just simply be examining, asking myself, you know, did this work? Did that not work? You know, and looking at it and over a period of time, that process, you know, I, I have, you know, a great deal of faith that if I do this, then I'm going to be okay. And like I said before, it doesn't mean that life is going to turn out how I think it should or how I want it to. It means I'm going to find a way to be okay with the way it does. Um, you know, and I think that's that's really important to put out there. It's, you know, it, it does take work and it takes time, um, but it, it is possible. And it's, it will be your own experience too. I really like that. Because um, I don't have to believe as you do and vice versa um you know we can have faiths and they can be basically different but if it's working who am i to judge what you're doing yeah that's one of the reasons in you know as i see uh organized religion to me and, and it speaks of this in the in the big book as well I mean, who am I to question something that's working for so many people regardless? I mean, I think that every every religion has good and bad in it. But for me to criticize or critique any faith that any, you know, organized faith that has worked so well for so many um, is is none of my business. I mean, it's all it's all a matter of what's working for you at any given time and um i i personally and obviously I, I profess to be a spiritual redneck um that means i don't know much um i personally think that every organized religion is 
all part of the same and it's just a it's just a different label on it it's like if you get cereal um, from the store and it might have a Wegmans brand or it might have Kellogg's but I think it's all coming from the same place I remember a friend of mine said that to a you know a, to a priest once and, and it, that didn't go over too well with them you know <laughs> he goes yeah but we want to go to the right place because, you know, and so you know it's like it's like if you have set ideas and you're not willing to open your ideas to, to something different at all, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. And to having a set of ideas, it's like, you know, it's like if you're riding a bicycle, you're riding a bicycle, you can't be, you can't be running at the same time. You know, so if you've got your, if you're set in your ways of doing something, you're, you're going to miss all these other things. We have to be able to change and move along with with the world that's with us and and we have to be open to different experiences and different ideas and different concepts you know i think that we get in a a state of mind where the whole world is black and white you know right and wrong and um it's a gray world you know there's a lot of different there's a lot of uh moral things that happen that you could be morally right doing the exact opposite of each other you know, and so I have to be able to take whatever situation I have and I have to be able to openly look at it and then then apply the faith that, you know, I'm going to be able to find the discernment to go in the right direction to what I need to go to. Discernment's a pretty interesting word. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's knowing the difference between... Um, I guess it's knowing knowing the the difference between right and wrong without, you know, because there's a lot of variations on right and wrong. Well, Pedro, you can feel free to edit this joke out. Matter of fact, I don't know if I should say it or not, but um, man shows up at the pearly gates um, and he's met there by an angel and the angel says, come on, I'll show you around. So they get to the first room, there's a bunch of Buddhists sitting in meditation. You go to the next room, there's, you know, a bunch of people at church praying. And in the next room, you know, a couple whirling dervishes whirling around, you know, and so on and so forth through all the religions. And he gets to this one door and the angel holds up his finger to his lips, motioning for the man to be quiet. And the guy looks at him, you know, kind of like, what's the matter? And the angel says, well, these are the Catholics. They think they're the only ones here. <laughs> so now you can edit that one out, but I, you know, I heard it with the same one, except it's Baptist. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so on and so forth. I'm sure everybody. <laughs> but it, you know, that's uh, that just shows. I mean, I need to to not be there. I need to allow these people and and myself and just have. Uh, tolerance for other people's viewpoints um you know i also heard it was a quote from a lead guitarist for some heavy metal band he said i would rather live my life believing that there was a god and find out there was not one than live my life as i believe there wasn't one and then in the end find out there was you know so you know um it's you know what do you believe in and, and how much uh 
and truly, if I believe in my own way, I should be more than willing to allow you your own way. Well, there's speaking of musicians. What if they're wrong? Um. Well, speaking of musicians, there's a there's a Todd Snyder song that that talks about um, religion, and and he the line I'll paraphrase it, but he says, "Any any heaven that doesn't let anybody in don't sound like heaven to me." You know what I mean? If I've got to be worried about guarding the door and, and somebody getting in there that doesn't belong, that doesn't to me personally that doesn't sound like paradise. Um, you know, it's it's I I I believe that there's that the what's it say in the big book? It, the highway is broad and the and heaven is roomy and all inclusive. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's plenty to go around, and and that's what that's one of the things that drew me to the AA program specifically when I got in here was the idea that um, not everybody practices this. <laughs> There's some people that have a, a different opinion, but the th- one of the things that drew me to it was the idea that it can work for literally anybody. Those with different faiths, those with no faith, and and you know no belief in any higher power whatsoever, the principles of the program can still be applied and your life can still get better and you can still f- you know, live in a way that you approve of yourself if you follow the steps. And that to me is remarkable. I prefer to have the concept, you know, I do have one requirement that, that, and, and it talks about, I'm sure it talks about it somewhere, I can't think of it right now, but it has to be a loving God. And I personally believe in a God that dances. To me, that's very important, you know, because, you know, I, I, I believe in a God that's, you know, that dances and hit, enjoys and, and is about, you know, more than just everything he has to be serious and, and rigid and, and, you know, everything has to be, you know, one certain way. There's a Chinese saying that says, beware the man that reads one book because he'll make it say anything he wants it to say. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's so, pretty much the truth. I, I looked up the definition of discernment, and the, the first definition is just the ability to judge well, but I think it's the second definition that applies to our conversation, and that's perception and the absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding. Oh, that's I, perfect. I think that discernment is the first step to intuition. Up, and that they are interconnected in such a way in fact they're almost like your conversation with your higher power your discernment leads to compulsive intuitive thought i got a good soupy story it was indra shah wrote it or recorded it he didn't write it but it's about uh this guy was sitting on a this peasant guy in, a, in rags was sitting on a, on, a, on a shore and he's trying to uh, say this incantation and stuff that, that the Sufi master was, in order to be a Sufi master, he's trying to say this incantation. And this priest came up to him, the Sufi priest came up to him and said, 
you're saying it wrong. You need to say it like this, you know, and he said the words to him and he goes, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that. And and then so the guy gets in his boat and he drives out and all of a sudden this guy, this peasant guy that he was trying to teach the words to came walking across the water and said, I can't remember what you keep told me to say. Would you please repeat that again? Yeah, yeah there's your faith. <laughs> it is, you know, and it's like, you know, it's not it's not something that uh, you get from other people either. It's something that, that you have to believe in yourself because yourself is and you have to believe in your own experiences and your own heart and your own self, you know. And and to me, to me, I think it really all comes down to the word dharma actually translates into the light, doesn't it, Chris? If I'm correct. Although there is no direct single word translation for dharma in Western languages, it is commonly translated as righteousness, merit, or religious and moral duties governing individual conduct. The principles. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that, like, this is what you have to do. You know, that's that really is, it hits home to me that that's what the Dharma is, is that the dogma's like, here is a God, and yes, he loves you, and, and the Dharma is, do you want to connect with God? Here's the directions, you know? And um, I had a sponsor early on, and he was very scientific, and he said, you know, you got to write a book, like, The Secret, right it's one thing just one thing you got to do and he said life's not really like that but no one's going to buy a book that says the 876 steps to enlightenment you know (laughs) and that's you know that that is how it is and Gurdjieff talked about how there would only be seven people at a time you know that had attained the highest enlightenment and were awakened to this reality and that's not the same seven people every day I'm sure but you know, balance is important. And so someone who's not interested in doing the work is just as valid and has every right to be there as someone who does. And it took me a long time to understand that about the program, but that there are a lot of people who are just hanging on by rep- repetition. They come in and they hang out with other sober people instead of hanging out at the bar. They go to the events and they say a few things that they heard other people say. And I used to not really be into that. I was like, you know, when you do this stuff, like it's life changing and da da da. But it, and then it finally dawned on me that they were getting this herd immunity effect from the program and that had value. Yeah. It works for them, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, that's some people, that's all that they want out of, you know, they just really just want to quit drinking and they're not out to, uh, you know, they're not out to achieve any type of spiritual superman type of thing or anything you know they're just trying to live their lives in the best way that they possibly can you know and that's for to me um i see a lot of people that that they'll go and they'll buy crystals and they'll read tarot cards and they'll do all that type of stuff but the most powerful thing you can do for your spirit is to look in the mirror not you know and see what's really there you know to actually do that real searching of you know where are my ideas fixed where am i you know ask even asking the question where could i possibly be wrong or where am i wrong that's the most terrifying question you can ever ask of yourself and that's the part that actually that's what spirituality 
ultimately comes down to is being able to look at yourself, see what you really are, and try to move it to where you want to be and what you want to be. And that's scary. It's it's a lot easier to you know buy crystals and and you know <laughs> do you know read a bunch of books and stuff like that without without ever looking in the mirror. But that's the most powerful tool that we have. Early on, I was directed to the mirror quite often. You know, <laughs> go look in the mirror and ask yourself that question. Is what I was told, and uh, anyway, it was scary. It was, um, but it reminds me of the one song. And I don't know who it's from, but it says uh, there's one line in there that says, "The stranger in the mirror is wearing my clothes," and I, I've had that experience. It's like, who the hell are you? You know, and I didn't know who I was when I came in here. And I think that is a big part of, uh, you know, uh, the process is learning who we are and being comfortable there. Um, but do you also see down where where faith is acquired by seeing that stranger? in your clothes in the mirror seeing that person change to somebody you recognize i mean doesn't that build faith oh that's part of the process yeah um but i tell you what i couldn't start um from thinking you know i had to realize that i really had very little knowledge about you know what made me tick um because when i thought i had that um i was starting from a false spot i really had to get to where i was and realize you know that there were a lot of blind spots and a lot of misconceptions about what I thought about myself, um, you know, and, and I'm still finding that today. Um, oh yeah. You know, I. Uh, but it, it really is a lot of it is just being comfortable within our own skin. It's a lot of up and down and back and forth, you know, on a, on what hopes to be, making steady progress at the same time, but it's never a straight line. It's, I mean, for me, it's always. It's always learning by <laughs> learning, learning from my mistakes that, and just hoping, hoping that I continue to go in the right direction. You know, I don't ever you know, want to go backwards, but I, I do, I do vary quite a bit off the path. But you know, I, I, I believe, and I've asked you guys, I put this question to you guys too. I believe in impermanence, um, in that principle. Um, but I believe along the way, I, I think as we go along and we develop, um certain core beliefs are set um, and we, we continue to grow. I, I, I d desire continual growth, but I think certain core beliefs are there and we improve on them because I have basic things that I really believe in and I don't think they change. Uh, I'm open-minded, but I, I try to, to foster certain, certain beliefs. Um, so I don't know how you guys feel about that too. I know we're always changing, but I think there are certain parts that are pretty much solid. Yeah, and so those um, those core impulses of the being, Gurdjieff said, become the magnetic center later on. And that you are, that is your path, that is your programming. And that even though you may have different experiences in life, and, and the faces change that you're really just reliving this little set of experiences designed to develop those core systems. Eventually you, you get to stop seeking that experience because the magnetic center develops and those experiences then start to be drawn to you and then you guys know the rest, you know.
you find the school, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that, you know, that, that that's the purpose is to do the work for everyone and develop. But the part that's hard for me to keep clear is that not everybody's in the same place. And in fact, the, the guy who stays drunk and dies drunk, that whole lifetime might have been about that for him. There shouldn't be any kind of judgment on my part. In fact, if people are just out there living their highest truths, if it rubs me the wrong way, I need to just stare clear of them. I should go tell them how to live their life and what's good for them, because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how's that working out for you? <laughs> pretty, pretty great. <laughs> no, I, I I meant when you go around and try to tell somebody tell somebody how to live their life. I haven't had very much success with that. <laughs> no. Oh, most of them don't want to hear that. It depends on how you define success. If yeah. You mean, if if success is getting in a fight in the parking lot after an AA meeting, then <laughs> I was killing. Oh, I've seen that many times. I've seen fist fights break out in meetings. You know, they don't they don't advertise that. <laughs> no, but, but I've seen it before. They should advertise that. Uh, attendance might go up. <laughs> this is the greatest I show to... on earth. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing I can say that I've that I've uh, learned to appreciate since coming into AA is, is I used to, I used to avoid conflict for the most part, and and I've grown to kind of welcome it in some ways, and not necessarily a fist fight, but if that's if that's what it comes to, you know, then then maybe that's what had to happen, but uh, the idea, the disagreement, and the that stuff is not it's not all bad you know what i mean i think that's how a lot of stuff gets resolved sometimes well i like like you'll see two newcomers talking about from you know different angles or something and they're arguing and stuff like that and old timers the old timers are just sitting there not even concerned about it you know because they see the right in both the things they're saying and they don't get worked up over it you know and that that's that's a big part of it, it and part of it is like i don't I have to learn who I am too at the same time. When I first came into the rooms, I thought I was a loving person. I thought I was a very smartest person in the world. I thought I ran my life very well. I was wrong about almost everything about myself. <laughs> Just about everything I knew about me was almost, almost every piece of it was wrong. You know, I wasn't a loving person because I, I was a taker. And there was all these things that it took me a long time. I couldn't open up and just see that all at once because my brain couldn't take it all. You know, that's part of why it takes us a while to get sober. It's almost like, like I, I remember one saying that if, if God appeared to you all at once in one shot, you'd just be blown away. You know, we just have to deal with ourselves in little pieces to, to open up to get to that place where we can start to take, you know, they talk about, you know, swallowing chunks of pride, you know. We we got a big, big, long diet ahead of us. I was, the thing that still, that I struggle with, as far as like being, being the person I want to be, is it's so hard for me to not be judgmental, you know, and, and uh, even when it comes to, to judging other people for being judgmental. You know what I mean? I can I can spot it in somebody all the time. And say, oh, they're being judgmental. 
but at the same time, I'm judging them for being judgmental, which makes me, you know, worse. Um, I, I really need to, I continue to try to work on that. That's the biggest thing that I, that when I meditate and I pray, I ask to, for help with it because it just does, it just, I've learned a lot about myself just to be able to recognize that I am that way. Um, but man, is it hard to kick. I, I see that as that's the original sin, actually. If you think about the, the Garden of Eden story, Adam ate from the tree of knowledge, of the knowledge of good and evil, so that he could be like a god. So if he was like a god, then he could set the reality and uh, know the difference between good and evil. And judgment is actually the original sin. You know, it's a very specific apple. You ate the apple of the knowledge of good and you know, so that's there's a lot to that story that you know a lot of people pass right over and they they don't even catch that part of it. You know, it's about judgment. No, yeah, I had no idea that that was part of it. There's a lot in Genesis. Yeah, but, but you can only read what you can what you're capable of reading for where you're at. does blow me away the amount of it blows me away what I don't know you know what I mean I think about what I've processed and tried to learn and and then, and then I talk to some people and and it doesn't take long before I realize that I am I have barely scratched the surface you were gonna say something Don um yeah, but no, I forgot. Oh, <laughs> oh no, uh, no. I was thinking when you were talking, Doug. Uh, the 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 process is though, at least for me, that transition time um, from where judgment and before I, I start to experience intolerance um, is much shorter than it ever than it was before. You know, I don't sit in it, I, and I don't justify my judgments the way I used to. So that's part of the progress right there. And, and you know what? I mean, if I agreed with everybody, I'd never have to learn tolerance. Oh, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's there, you know, and I too enjoy having a debate. Um, I would like to see a different side. I'd like to have somebody challenge me because otherwise, you know, guess what? Um, I'm just believing the old, the, what I'm telling myself. Um, you know, so I, I need to to have some of these adversities in my life um in order to grow in order to find out who i really am in order to see my motives um and to to say to see below the the surface level stuff um working with another um boy i tell you what i learned more about myself in that way than pretty much any other way that's why I love the old timers that used to be able to take you off at the knee. You know, I remember telling my sponsor, I go, I think I come from a dysfunctional family. And he goes, I know you come from a dysfunctional family. You're in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I heard you say that I laughed for a long time. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> Those old timers take you right off at the knee, you know, and that's that's kind of what you need right at that that period you know the, the cockiness and the, the 
you know, I know that's my biggest enemy is when I mm-hmm. think I know, you know, and, it, and this is the way it is, you know, and I'm, when I do that, I, I have a lot of blinders on. I, I have tunnel vision when I'm doing that. I know I don't know. <laughs> uh, it is, I mean, it, it's all a form of faith. Well, I just kind of like it when, when we kind of, the wind blows in a certain direction and the, and the boat kind of goes that way. Cause I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I like it when we have an idea of what we're going to talk about and then it, it starts to go and go in a direction and then it keeps going that way. Gets a life of its own. Yeah. That's what I, I, uh, I'm a strong believer that AA has a life of its own. You know, it just like, it became something and it goes the way it's going to go and it has its own life. You know, it's far beyond anything that, that we have. It's alive and moving and learning and getting, growing, you know, whether we're, we know it or not, that's always happening with AA, with NA, with all those things. They're living, growing organisms, you know. Yeah, I like that about it. And I, in fact, got into that conversation about one of the traditions with someone um, about, you know, not having to do with this show, but you know how we do the little disclaimer at the beginning and we're not going to tell people exactly who we are to keep our anonymity somewhat under wraps, right? And that, and what about these celebrities all say in there and hey, hey, da, da, da. And I was like, I think we, you know, it is still a tradition because it has spiritual roots, but I think that we're past that part where actually someone relapsing in the public eye could damage AA's reputation. I mean, it's been been around you know and people know that recovery fails but this is also the best shot you've got you know that's an excellent point because i do think that there was such a concern early because it it could damage the reputation of the organization versus the history you know it's it goes back to faith if you want to go full circle i mean the fact that it has helped that the program and the principles in it have helped so many people regardless of the individual failures the the concept and 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 the principles in it they work and nobody can argue that anymore even if even if you have somebody that you know flies the flag and says oh yeah i'm recovered i'm in aa and then they go out and fail as an individual i don't think no matter how famous they are it's going to damage the reputation of the organization yeah the organization has been labeled by the by the federal government as a religion, you know, and that's that's something they, that's they, got, they used to. What the judges used to do is they used to send people into the rooms that you'd have to sign their papers and say that you were at this meeting, and the chairperson would have to sign your meeting. Mm-hmm. Somebody, an atheist, took AA to court, lost it, and went all the way to Supreme Court, and they lost it and said, now they can't mandate people probation officers can't mandate people to go to a meetings because it's a religion and it has to do with god and all that type of stuff and even though we don't feel like that's the way it is there's people that look at it like it is that you know and you know we all but we've been talking about some things here that would you know that a lot of people would be offended by the beliefs that we put forth in in you know today like 
remember what I talked about the priest that they asked them you know well we want to go to the right place <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> you know that that's the type of reaction that we have to be careful of when well, we're what about that terrible what about that terrible joke that Don told <laughs> yeah yeah hey be, I worked on that <laughs> yeah you're gonna be smoking a turd in hell for that <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh no, um, we're out of control tonight. <laughs> um, go back again. I've said it before. Back to Mary Jane's words: If you can learn to laugh at yourself, you're given a lifetime of free entertainment. <laughs> what if you I can learn to? I had a whole good thing to say, and then that smoke a turd in hell. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite a visual. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that with, with this stuff, you know, like where I never know where to take it, especially with this topic. Like when we talk about faith and, you know, where do I draw that line of, you know, belongs in a different podcast because my practice is certainly not in in a prescribed way or anything. It's where I arrived at after doing the AA work and then saying, well, I need to continue to do some spiritual work because if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. I know that from the program. And so here I go, you know, and, and that's not for everybody. I get it. But I, I've seen too many times where complacency and boredom takes you out of the game. And so if I'm just doing the same old thing I've always done, I, there's a fear tied to that. I just, oh, say my one prayer in the morning and go to a meeting each day. And I've been doing this for years and years and I can feel a restlessness in me when, you know, then I reach out and do some new thing. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, but I also think I try to keep it around this, you know, try to keep it somewhere related to something from a book on recovery. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, yeah. <laughs> have if you've got to have an addiction, why not be addicted to growth? You know what I mean? If your if your growth is if you're aiming to grow spiritually, what better addiction could you have than to say that you need that in your life? Yeah, I think that's good and I think that you know, if like a spiritual practice has to have a few things, you know, it has to have something for the mind you know quiet contemplation prayer whatever and something for the body exercise movement of some sort right and then something that affects the emotions whether it's the hymns you sing in a church or you know different type of tantric exercises that are done in conjunction with the movement whatever it may be and boy those just aren't bad things to have going you know you exercise the different facets of the body and it gets stronger in different ways Amen. And you know, got to remember the intellectual center too. I need something to challenge my thought process, um, and I need to think about these things, and I need to weigh in, um, you know, exactly what I do believe, and you know, get that thought process going, and challenge that part of it too. Well, you know, I was I was thinking about how um, going back to my, me being judgmental. <laughs> uh, how when you and and what we were talking about how things take the direction that they're going to take no matter what 
I mean, if you bring anything close to this topic up, my experience has been if it, if it gets brought up as a topic of a discussion, of a discussion 12-step meeting, I mean, I almost <clears throat> make a bet with myself how long it's going to take before I hear somebody sit lead off with, I'm a recovering Catholic. You know what I mean? It seems to always steer towards, you know, I've been injured by my organized religion and and then talk about that. And and I hate to see that. And I hate I certainly hate to be the guy that's like uh, being judgy on it. But it does it does happen. You know what I mean? So many people in recovery are there because because of some uh unpleasant experience in one church or another you know i don't want to pick on the catholics but because it's it's it just seems like that's more the way it is up here in the northeast but you know down south it could it, it could be any other denomination you might ask for either well and to be fair i've known some people who went to aa or na for a little while and then i don't see them and i see them years later and they're sober and they said oh well i just started going to church yeah and that's a good thing right i, th- I think the thing that that uh the spirituality aspect brought into my life that wasn't there anymore was the magic of life you know that there is there's some things out there there's a power out there that you can tap into that is always surprising and it brings back like like a whole you know surprise and the magic of life is opened up again you know because there is there is so many possibilities in the world you know and i and um i got to a place where where there was just a little tunnel vision my my world was just me getting to the next drink and that's all that was in my world you know and now there's so much more to it and and any path can get you there. You know, any path can get you there. I've, I've learned things from Franciscan monks. I've learned things from Native American Indians. I've learned things from, from all the different, you know, Tibetan monks, all the things. I've, been, I've learned a lot from all of these different places. And I honestly believe that where you are is where you're supposed to be. And you have to come back and make peace with that sometime too that you have to make peace with the religion that you came from to begin with. Because that's part of the path. Same way I have to become come to peace with the fact that I was an alcoholic and I have to come to peace with all the things that I did so that when I come up and see the next alcoholic, I'm not going to judge him. I have to come to peace with the way I was too or else I'm never going to be at peace. Absolutely. I think it's funny how hard the third step is for a lot of people, you know, and it says turn your will and your life over to the care of God as you understand them. But how easy it was for all of us to do that exact same thing with the bottle or the needle or powder, whatever it was, because I did give my entire will and my life to my addiction and it was no problem. Yeah, you became comfortable with it. But it was progressive. And I think that just like we talked about tonight, the kind of faith that eventually leads you to turn your will and your life over to God is progressive as well. And it just starts with a little, it starts with a willingness to think this might work. Just enough willingness to say, 
I will try this stuff you're telling me to try. And uh, what to go off what you were saying too, drunkenness is our natural state. That's why it was so easy for us because drunkenness is our natural state. And to be other than that, we have to apply the work to do that. We have to work to be different than what that, because that's our normal state. And I wrote about that like in my book about um, that if, uh, if, if you can put concrete on a landscape and eventually it's going to return to what the original landscape was. Branches are going to grow right through the concrete, you know, and, and a forest is going to come up eventually, you know, unless you're constantly working on that to keep it that from your natural state from coming back again. Yeah. I remember a while back, you know, some guy saying he wanted to do some money magic. That he needed to get money. He was going to do whatever it took. And a guy says, a guy says to him, "Be careful! I I did a money spell, and then I was, and now I'm working overtime every week at work." <laughs> yeah, they used to tell us not to not to pray for for patience because you get you get opportunities to practice it. And I yeah. think that that's the part that nobody wants to hear that, you know, you can, you can like wish for it all and everything you want in the world. And then you got to go actually go get it. No one's going to do it for you. Like, <laughs> it's good to have a mantra, but the mantra is just to keep you going because you got to go do this stuff. <laughs> no doubt. I, be- I believe we make choices. We could all be millionaires if we wanted to be, but we wouldn't have anything else in our life. You know, you can, you can, you can, you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything you want. If you want to be a millionaire, you can go spend all your day rate making money and everything like that, but you won't have a family. You won't have a, you know, free time. You won't have any of those other things. You know, we make choices about what we want to do with our lives. And once we realize that and then we stop feeling ripped off and we don't have all this type of stuff, these are choices that we've made, you know. And I have nobody to blame for my life but me. If I don't have something, if I really want it, I'll go and get it. I tell you what, that's a choice I did make too. I quit. Um, Went traveling for a year or two. And and it was because the money I was making, I was nowhere near a millionaire, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, I was making good money and I was miserable. You know, I, I had to look at that. And the work and the hours that I was doing, I loved the work, but the hours really were terrible. And I took that time off. And I tell you what, I don't, you know, as far as like uh, your normal society view of what retirement should be and stuff like that, um, I probably could have had that if I worked, you know, well into my 60s. But it it wasn't worth it at the point, you know. Um, And I had a year of absolute enjoyment um, and I'll end up going back to work. But it was a choice that uh, the experiences that I wanted to have were, were worth more than uh, the potential for that, you know, um, very, very well-off retirement, you know. Um, and, you know, ask me in a couple of years if I feel the same way. But, um, you know, for right now, it was that choice um, to, to live for now, um, 
with again a faith that I'll be okay no matter where I am later on in life there's a faith again yeah and it's um you know it's will say the question do you want to be happy or do you want to be right and it comes right down to it I want to be both <laughs> but it usually doesn't work out that way um and I just you know made some choices and uh I, I truly believe, you know, that, you know, where I end up, I'm going to be okay if I continue to practice this way of life. Well, what about, I mean, to contrast the faith and the fear, what about the poor bastard that, that is so worried he's not going to have enough money to live his life out, so he breaks his balls, work, and, work until he's 72, and maxes out all of his retirements and 401ks and all this other stuff, and he, and he finally does get to retire and two weeks later he gets hit by a bus or drops dead from stress or whatever. We had you know a guy, I mean? now we had a guy at my work, he was coming in to sign his retirement papers and had a heart attack and died. Oh, um, was on his way into work to sign his papers, um, you know, and, you know, what a terrible thing. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, I, I, I struggle with why do I got to go to work? Why do I have to go to the job and everything like that? I choose to go to the job every day because, you know what? Being poor is hard work. <laughs> it really is. It, it is very hard, you know. It's easier to go out and have somebody change the tire for you than, than to try to patch together some tire that you made for 29 cents with a, you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> I, my life was miserable when I was poor. <laughs> you know, it's a lot less miserable going to work every day, you know. Amen. So, you guys ever watched the movie Office Space? The guy's, the guy's telling his friend he went to some business therapist, you know, he's supposed to help him figure out what he's going to do with his life. And he says, the guy asked me what would I do if I had a million dollars? And and I just, I I would do nothing. If I had a million dollars, I would do nothing every day and just pay my bills. And his friend looks at him, he says, well, shit, you don't gotta have a million dollars to do nothing. My cousin's broken, you don't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. That's about all the time we have for tonight. Thank you for joining us. I would like to close with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Mm-hmm.